Welcome to episode 48 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. 48. Hard to believe that we're already up to that number. Our goal is to provide you each week with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that make up Wichita's important business community. We thank you for listening, and thank you very much if you're a subscriber. It's his first elected position, and Brandon Johnson is representing the 1st District on the Wichita City Council. Brandon is our guest on this episode of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. We'll talk with Brandon in a moment, but first I want to tell you what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Spirit Era Systems is working to diversify its business. It has been known mostly for commercial aircraft, but in recent years, it's taken on more defense work. Now the company's making an all-out push, and CEO Tom Gentile says it could turn into a billion-dollar business for the company. Aviation reporter Daniel McCoy talked to Spirit executives about their game plan for increasing their defense business. We also provide a look at the programs they work on now and at the leadership team that is making it all happen. That's our big story in the weekly edition. It begins on page 10. We've been announcing the 2018 40 Under 40 honorees online all week. Brandon was a 40 Under 40 honoree, we're glad to say. Names of those selected can also be found on page 3 of the weekly edition. Our lists this week, the Wichita area's largest electrical contractors and mechanical contractors. You'll want to see this list if you need some work done. Those lists are on page six. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Jennifer Evans. She has worked her way up at Key Construction from intern to the new CFO. Learn more about Jennifer on page 18. We want to help you with business leads. So each week we list new lawsuits, new corporations, real estate deals, who owes federal and state taxes, bankruptcies, and building permits. This week it starts on page 13. Back in a moment. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Brandon Johnson founded the nonprofit agency in Wichita called Community Operations Recovery Empowerment Core, focusing on leadership, mentoring, and skills needed for young people and families to lead healthy lives. We recognize Brandon, as I say, as a member of the 40 Under 40 class of 2014. He has aspired to more leadership and ran for the District 1 City Council seat since Levanto Williams was leaving term limits. Mm-hmm. So Brandon was elected in November with 65% of the vote over Michael Kennard. He's a graduate of Northeast Magnet High School, studied business at Friends University and sociology at Wichita State. Welcome, Councilman Johnson. Well, thank you for having me. As you noted, the greatest high school in Wichita, Northeast Magnet. There you go. School <laughs> spirit right yep. there. Are you used to that yet, Councilman Johnson? Uh, it's starting to sink in a little more than it had been early on. Right. And I'm starting to accept the title before I just say I'm Brandon, but I, I get it. Right. Why did you want to become a city councilman and the elected leader here in Wichita? Yeah, that's a really long story. I, I know we don't have that long on the interview, but in, in short, you know, politics was never something that fully interested me. I liked the work I was doing on the outside, working at CORE, uh, fighting for change, working with city leaders and, and other leaders on things that were important to the community. Uh, but over time, a lot of folks in the community would say I should consider it, I should think about it. Elected officials would say the same thing to me. 
And, you know, with the community saying it, other leaders that I respected saying it, you know, my wife and I thought about it and she finally gave me permission a few years ago to really, you know, try it out. And, right. and so we, we kind of put out that I was interested. We got a lot of support and ultimately did it. And, you know, again, it was looking at do we really want to spend time educating those who might be running for that seat on the issues and why it's important or as someone who knows the importance of those issues, should I just seek that seat? Uh, and that's what we ultimately did. Interesting. You talk about uh, getting your wife's permission. It really is oh, yeah. kind of a family deal. Uh, she she has to give up some of her time, too, because you work long hours. Yeah, yeah. She gives up a lot of her time. And really, it's the campaign. You know, uh, if you've never done it, campaigning is, is a lot of work if right. you do it right. And it's a, it's a team effort, you know, we have kids as well. So balancing, you know, daycare and bringing the kids and after a while they hate going to everything. Um, but it was a, it was a team effort. She gave up a lot and as did I, and even now, you know, I have obligations that I have and she still does with work. So it's still a, a team effort going forward. Right. You talked about those things that are important to the first district in Wichita what did you bring to the table as far as the knowledge of those issues that you wanted to make a difference in for District 1? Uh, well, just the history of being out in the field. That's where I was at. Um, as you mentioned, CORE, we have a community garden. We're out there talking to neighbors, door knocking, talking about issues, um, and seeing things from the other side. You know, I've been out uh, in the community working on various issues for more than a decade. Um, so bringing those different perspectives, understanding how policy truly affects real people, uh, bringing that to the council. So as we're looking at policy and the best way to do things, understanding how it can positively or negatively affect folks is really what I brought. And then being at the age of 32, got a really good grasp on social media and trying to reach people where they are, right. uh, seeing where what people actually care about, what posts actually gain traction online, and was able to really connect and work I was doing before being in office to folks and now really bring, bringing city issues and ideas to them so that they can see what we're doing as a city and give us some, some critical feedback. You know, are we doing a good job or are we not? Right. And what would you suggest we do better? And, you know, taking that into consideration seriously. What were the issues that you wanted to tackle as the District 1 councilman and have those changed since you have been hearing more from your constituents or from other parts of the city? I wouldn't say they've changed. Um, so when you look at one of the big things was entrepreneurship. We right. have a lot of momentum right now. In District 1, there's a lot of opportunities for cheap spaces to rent, suites that are open, um, buildings that are dilapidated that could be renovated for uh, opportunities for business, still a key issue for me. Right. Um, when I see folks like Christina Long and the Create Campaign getting right. support, you know, those efforts tie into directly what I wanted to see. And if we can focus those efforts, not just in District 1, but in all of those areas where you see lower income and dilapidated properties, we can begin to change those areas generationally by doing that. And as well as lives. Um, I talked about unemployment as an issue. Well, when we look at what Spirit's doing and the investment that they've made and the right. jobs they've created, WSU Tech has created a pipeline to go directly there. Um, when we look at the folks who've applied, a lot of those come out of District 1 and District 3 in the areas where we see higher unemployment. So supporting that effort and making sure we can get more people into those really good paying jobs. The other thing I really wanted to see was those types of companies and spirits kind of too big for this, but uh, a higher 
paying company being located in district one so mm-hmm. you can walk to it so you can bike to it as we're still trying to improve our transit system it's not there yet right. so it's easier for you to get to those types of jobs up there in the district um, we talked about blight and uh, dilapidated housing so making an investment there we have a lot of properties that are worth 20 or twenty-five thousand dollars. instead of tearing those down and leaving the empty lots that we see maybe we can fix those up and sell them to a family who needs a little help you know when you have a home it's an asset so if you're looking at growing assets maybe your family's small right now you a spouse and a kid or you and a spouse or maybe just you you get one of those lower um, valued homes build it up you uh, keep a family in a neighborhood you keep a house in a neighborhood uh, you couple that in with a good paying job you've got more time to make sure your neighborhood is clean your yard is clean you've changed the area in that way and when you want a bigger house and your family expands you now have an asset to right. uh, take a loan against so in in every way none of the goals I, I ran on have changed it's just finding a way to make sure it happens in an inclusive way that everybody can take advantage of what are you hearing from your constituents now i would imagine you hear from more and a wider variety of people than you did before uh, you were elected yeah quite a bit I, I hear about the other issues so animal control bm1 right. you know so we have dog issues we also have dog fighting issues in our community more mm-hmm. so than i knew about um usual issues that i knew about before being a council member but of course you have some of our young people and the violence going on a lot of that stems back to them not having uh things to do and opportunity there so we're looking at ways to address that um again our roads are always an issue Uh, we are investing quite a bit as a city but you still hear those complaints because there's potholes that, that show up or roads that haven't been repaved for quite a while so working on those um, and again, just the opportunity. I still hear about the food desert, ran on that, right. looking at ways to address that. But, you know, people really are suffering uh, in the food desert. So trying to address that and jobs as well. Uh, and outside of that, you know, the every now and then uh, illegal dumping. We hear about that, trying right. to find creative ways to address that. Um, but kind of the same things I heard before. I hear more of it now because right. now I'm the point of contact to reach out to. Um, but still similar in a lot of the issues I raised during the campaign, uh, transparency being one of those. So our use of social media has changed quite a bit. Um, and especially mine, I try to, you know, if we're, we have a big decision coming up that might be controversial or not, I try to put it on social media and see what feedback we get. Get, right. get a lot of good comments, a lot of good suggestions. Um, I tell people I don't think any idea is dumb. I often take ideas from social media into our meetings and say, hey, somebody said this. What do we think about it? Right. Uh, and it's been good. And, and I know other folks in the city actually watch that engagement to see uh, what ideas may come of it. So all of that, we're, we're trying to change and be transparent or more well, transparent. Right. What kind of work have you done on the food desert? That obviously means that there really isn't a large grocery store for folks to go to in that area, in, in a large area of District 1. How do you tackle a problem like that? So some of this, um, my immediate thoughts, and, and again, it's not an effort that's going to actually stop the food desert, but I've talked to our neighborhood associations about community gardens. So. If we can get that, that produce can either be free or sold cheaply. Um, if you get enough of those gardens going, you can start trading. So maybe one garden grows tomatoes and cucumbers, another grows lettuce, potatoes, whatever that might be. But working together on that to try to solve some of that issue. 
in the meantime, um, talking with our farmers markets to see what we can get to expand to Northeast Wichita where there's a food desert or areas of District 3 where there might be food desert there. And if we can get farmers markets to open closer, because again, transportation is an issue for some people who can't right. afford to go there. So if we can get the farmers market to open closer to there, it's a short term fix. Um, as we look at what it takes to have some entrepreneur start a grocery store right. and even be innovative. You don't have to start a huge Walmart sized store. Right. Maybe it's a small store with low overhead, low supply. Maybe you run out a couple times a week because you didn't buy a whole lot. Right. But that's better than what we have right now. Right. And as we build that small store model, maybe it grows into something that has that consistent uh, customer base. How are things business-wise in District 1? I've been here since 1988. It's kind of been up and down through the years. There's been some entrepreneurship, and then some of it goes away. There was a real positive vibe after Cessna went there. That didn't work out long-term. How are things business-wise in District 1? I think it depends on the part of the district. Uh, When you look at Douglas Design District, things are thriving. When you look at College Hill, things are thriving. When you look uh, closer to Schweider down by... um, That'd be Hillside and Harry. Right. Things are thriving. Um, It could be a little better. Uh, But when you look at 13th and Grove, 21st, uh, between probably Hillside and 135, 13th between those same streets, then business is lacking. Right. Uh, 9th Street as well, although we're about to repave 9th Street, so that might change a few things. So it depends on the part of the district. Of course, we just approved those student housings on 21st and Oliver, so that would be the first new investment since that quick shop. Um, So I think things are changing. The momentum's there. It's just working with those who want to start business to show this is how you can do it. It's easier than you think. Um, And talking to developers to say, hey, this is a great part of our community to invest in. Um, You know, over before it was kind of overlooked because it's harder to redevelop an area than it is for Greenfield. But, you know. It's worth the investment, and I think that as they see businesses succeed, things will change. We've got a new development on Central and Grove. You've got the uh, that box development on Central, and I think that's Volusia. Um, so things are changing, right? Slowly but surely, right? Seems like there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole lot of opportunity. And again, as I mentioned earlier with the Create campaign. Uh, who knows what that investment into that will be for all the entrepreneurs that want to start businesses in District One. Are you hearing from business owners in District 1? Not a whole lot. Um, I've heard from a few looking for opportunity to see um, what what opportunities are around Innovation Campus, of course, as it right. expands. Um, I've heard from a few who've told me about possibly um, expanding their business in District 1, uh, opening up another location in District 1. Um, But at this point, I think a lot of folks are really just trying to get their plans together and then they'll reach out and and let us know. There have been a few new businesses and restaurants open up. Um, I've had an opportunity to go to some of those good food. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, and I I tell everyone on social media and I'll say it here. If you're opening up a business in District 1, let me know. I'll show up. Um, We have gifts that we'll give out. Uh, I won't say what it is. I want it to be a surprise, (laughs) but, you know, we'll bring it, you know, take a picture, love to check it out, and definitely, you know, thank anyone who wants to open a business in District 1 and the city of Wichita. And there may be resources that you can tell them about to help them uh, not only start but grow their business as well. Definitely. Um, And and one thing I think a lot of folks haven't paid attention to is the new tax law. Um, You know, the, the attention was all on the tax cuts and what they did for the economy. 
What wasn't always mentioned was the opportunity zones piece that Senator Tim Scott put in there. And that's a way where um, once approved, so none of this has been approved yet on the federal level, uh, but we have submitted the zones that we would like to see investment in. But once approved, there's another tax benefit to reinvesting into the community in those specific areas. So once that gets um, approved, I'm sure as a city, we'll put out a release about that and hopefully we'll see even more investment in those areas as well. There is a momentum, it seems like, in Wichita, downtown core area, as you talk about Douglas Design District and some of the areas east of there that are in your district. Uh, do you feel that momentum, and are you optimistic that we can keep that momentum going? I feel the momentum. Um, I see it. I'm optimistic as long as we continue to act in a way that um, builds on it. You know, if we take any decisions that would um, try to delay the momentum or hamper it, then then I'd be afraid that we'll lose it. But right now we have a lot of folks, and especially our millennials, that are like, this is the time to do something. The question is what, and we're always asking, so that's what a little bit of what Project Wichita is about, getting right. out and see what that what is and see what our community wants to see. And then it would be our job as elected leaders and uh, business owners' jobs to try to make that happen because we want to see our city grow. We want to retain our young talent. Uh, if we don't respond to what our young talent in the city is saying, then we'll continue to lose it. So it'll kind of be the put the onus back on us once we see some of those results. Right. What do you want business owners and managers and leaders to know about you? They have my support. Uh, I'm a I'm, I am a targeted person. So when I look at areas where I see higher unemployment, that will be my conversation. You know, have you uh, looked at ways to hire from this area? Uh, have you looked at ways to hire our young people out of the gate, uh, maybe even teach them how you do what you do? One of the good things I think as an employee that I've seen is managers who've almost kind of taught me what they do because it makes me respect more of the difficulty they have. And if I see them sitting in front of a computer screen, I know what they're doing Right. if I'm out doing this hard work. And it also, I think it helps the company. It helps the camaraderie. Uh, I always talk about that. I don't tell people how to run their business, but I do talk about the good experiences I've had. But there's a lot of great folks in uh, District 1 who could uh, use a job, especially going from minimum wage to a living wage. Um, if those opportunities are there, there's folks willing to work there. And it's just being creative about trying to get uh, those employment opportunities out into the community. I'm always there to help with that, uh, especially at Atwater Neighborhood Resource Center, where we have a lot of resources. I mean, that that center, most people don't know, gets about 16,000 visits a year Wow! in that center. I think it's the busiest one in Wichita. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we have everything from tax services to, you know, walls where we can hang up where people are hiring. Um, Camila does a great job helping with resumes. So, I mean, you know, there's people who want to work. We talk to them about that. But again, as, as a person and as a council member, I support business and development. I just want to make sure that, again, the community knows um, as well. An informed community, I think, is a more supportive community. Right. Um, and I try to help with that as much as possible. Was there anything that surprised you when you became city councilman? You ran for the office. Now you're sworn in. Was there any surprise to the office or how things worked? The biggest surprise, I think, was how busy a council member really is. Um, 
I knew a little bit again, I had been working with elected officials on issues. Um, but if I go over the timeline, my first 30 days in office, I didn't really have too many emails. I might get 10 or 15 a day, not too many issues. And I just assume now that folks were letting me settle in. Right. Uh, February came and it was uh, an amazing just switch from 15 emails a day to 50 uh, phone calls about different issues right. and still trying to figure out my bearings on, okay, how do I solve this issue? And then something completely different comes in and how do I solve that? Um, so that was interesting. And then it went up even more. So if I, if I don't answer my email all day, by the end of the day, it'd be around a hundred, 115 emails right. probably. That was a surprise. I didn't expect that much. Um, but I also, a lot of it's my fault because I engage a lot more too. Mm-hmm. So from social media, I'm always putting my phone number out there or my email. So it's it's getting out there. People are communicating. Now I'm at a point where I'm settling in and it's good. You come in with an issue. I know where to shoot it to get a resolution right. real quick. And so I've got a system in place now where it helps out. But I think that was the biggest surprise. City council now, do you have aspirations beyond city council for elected public service maybe? No, I really got in this to see a change in District 1 and help the city of Wichita um, at the end of my term or if we were to be honored to have a second term, that might be something I consider if people are pushing it. Um, I'm not in it for the long haul in politics, but again, if we are making a difference and people support it, I'll continue to run for whatever office folks see fit to continue to try to make that progress. But again, to me, at the end of the day, it's about the individual and making sure opportunity is there for everyone. Um, And if I can keep doing it, I will. Um, If I can't, I'm happy to go back to working in the community like I was before because it's one of the most fulfilling things uh, in life, I think, is to help other people. So if I can do it in office, I'll do it. If, If I'm out of office, I'll still do it. Brandon Johnson, representing District 1 and the Wichita City Council. Congratulations on the victory. We're glad you're here on the podcast and getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you. I appreciate being here. You bet. Good luck in the future. We'll be in communication, that's for sure. Yes, we will. Thank you. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy this week. We publish a new episode every week. You can see the others at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We appreciate that. If you have any ideas for guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of the great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.